This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves, the Adam Finn Podcast, with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Finn podcast. I'm Ryan. We got Sean in here. Hey guys, what's up? And this week is the one year anniversary of Bass Fishing for Noobs being on Paddle and Finn. Woohoo! Yeah, cheers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and that there for the ones that are listening and not watching on YouTube, that was Mr. Brad Hicks. Uh, Brad was actually the first interview I ever did when we first moved Bass Fish for Noobs over here to Paddle and Finn. So I thought it'd be cool to bring him on again tonight. And, uh, you know, just since he's the first guest, let him be here for the one year anniversary. And, you know, I'm going to pick his brain a little bit, see how much he's grown in this past year and any new stuff that he might be able to give us a little insight on. So welcome back, Brad. Thanks, man. <laughs> I like being on the podcast. <laughs> have Have you been back on Bass Fishing for Noobs since that first episode? No, I was going to come on with Josh to talk about the Wicked yeah. Willow, and then I ended up getting stuck on the river too long, and I didn't make it. Yeah. I, I suck. <laughs> you do, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, hey, you know, I, I don't blame you. You know, to, to me, you know, we... we do this podcast we do it because you know we enjoy fishing and everything but you know to me actually fishing prioritizes the <laughs> podcast it, it just just to me because like you know what what's the point of doing the podcast if you're not going to get out and fish so yeah so, yeah i agree 
I was thinking about that tonight. I was like, man, I got to get home. But then when we uh, bumped it back a little later tonight, I was like, oh, good. That gives me a little more time. <laughs> and you ended up catching some catfish. Lots of catfish. <laughs> Dang. I was like, where are the bass at, man? That's still cool, though. Those things hit so hard. Oh, man. They were, they were pulling me around the river, man. That's awesome. And whenever I caught mine back in May, man, that, it was the very first cast of the day. I just got out there. I pedaled out a little ways. And, you know, it's right between these two little islands. And, you know, I cast out and it hit. And I'm like, oh, I got a bass already. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and bring up a catfish. I'm like, dude, what is <laughs> Mine were, like, splashing me and stuff. I was, like, soaked. I was, they were big. They did yep. fight hard, but not exactly what I was looking for. So, were, were you on the Susquehanna? <laughs> yeah. Did you run into any of the Hobie guys? No, because they were—they're all uh, the 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 uh, boundaries for that tournament were uh, Harrisburg was the farthest south you could be. So oh. that's that was plenty north of me. I didn't uh, know that. How far yeah. away is that? Harrisburg's only about half an hour for me. So. Oh. Um, <laughs> I thought Not about that bad driving, but the uh, pedaling or paddling. Yeah, yeah. The uh, kayak anglers of Central PA, the you know the group that I'm with, they actually had a tournament today in the same area, so I almost went up for that, but I was like, ah, I just, I've only fished that area one other time before, so I was like, ah, I'm gonna skip it. But well, see, I heard you mention the other day that you like somebody said you should sign up for that hobie event you like i might do it just to you know meet people and so i was looking for your name on there today i'm not sure if you're doing it or not well, i thought about just going up to the kayak anglers one just to see who i ran into but then i yeah. ended up staying home and just fishing down here so i probably would have done the same I, just not get in the way of those hobie guys right <clears throat> i figured with two different tournaments up there it was going to be i mean it's a big river and a big area but i'm like it's going to be busy so Yep. It, there was an event down here today that I thought about going to fish, but then last night I was like, uh, I, I still was undecided, but I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. You know, I would have had to get up really early. It started at 5 a.m. You know, you could be on the water at four and wow. I, li I live an hour away or right at an hour. So <laughs> that would have, uh, you had to get up at like two, two thirty. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I, I was tired, you know, I Dude. was like, I'm not doing that, but I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't now, because it was a MLF style event, you know, unlimited amount of fish over 12 inches, but like I think the top two caught six fish and then three and below or four and under, like four fish or less, and I'm like that was some rough fishing for an MLF. Event. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so I definitely would have got hurt. On my feelings yeah, hurt. I, <laughs> I, I did that tournament in Indiana. Uh, if I did, if I wouldn't have stayed in Indianapolis last night, I probably wouldn't have done the tournament because I would have to wake up at like three. I was like, nah. so you drove up there last night. Yeah, cool. I ended up waking up at three anyway because I couldn't <laughs> sleep. Uh, the anticipation getting to you. Huh? Yeah, dude. Every every day or every night before a tournament, it's like that. I hate it. Yeah, see, I'm wondering, I've actually got a, a 444 event. I think I've talked about it on here before, but it's, uh, there's four groups of four people, and each group goes out on the on their own, like, 
Um, and it's four people go out for four hours and, uh, you know, we fish and it's kind of like an MLF style unlimited number of fish, but over 12 inches. But, uh, you know, whoever wins that or whoever wins from all four groups, those four people, plus they'll have a losers round where, and whoever wins that, you know, so it'll be a total of five go to like a championship and I actually won my round last time and then skunked in the championship. But uh, I got another one of those tomorrow, so. Hmm. I, that sounds cool. Yeah. I probably won't sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, you know, a year ago when I had you on here, um, I was, one, I was a terrible terrible interviewer you know like i I was so nervous it's kind of crazy like how nervous you are when you first get into this and then now like i don't even think about we're being recorded while we talk you know yeah yeah i I was nervous the first time i I did a podcast too i ended up uh screwing up brian's uh outro at the end (laughs) (laughs) i I listen to it now and i'm like that was i'm an idiot (laughs) Do you go back and listen to your old episodes just, you know, just to, just to see what it sounded like? Yeah. I don't listen to the whole thing. <laughs> well, I, we talked a lot about, you know, chatterbaits and stuff like that and uh, talked about river fishing and all that. So let's just kind of, you know, touch on that a little bit. You know, it's been a year. See if there, you've evolved anymore as a river fisherman and we'll go off that. So. Like, but it's is a chatterbait still a go-to lure for you? Uh, yeah, on the lakes. Our our last tournament we had, uh, I was, I was th- well, I I start out with the Ned rig. I I get my limit with the Ned rig, and then I'll upscale my baits to get the upgrades. Uh, so I got my limit at our Rocky Fork tournament, and then I started throwing the chatterbait. And it's weird because I don't throw jigs, like flipping jigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was throwing the chatterbait. <laughs> in the cover like a flipping jig and i, I upgraded twice doing that huh. I, I still use i still use uh the chatterbait Just not much on the river do you still use it the same like uh i know you said before is like usually like a black and blue with like a turbo crawl on there uh i've gotten away from the turbo crawl and i went to the zako zako whatever you call it yamamoto I actually, preparing for that event I got tomorrow, I went ahead and set up a bunch of a bunch of stuff uh, as go-tos. And, uh, you know, I've got some chatterbaits set up. And I, I've never used the Zachos or, you know, whatever, they're, however they're pronounced. I've never used them, but I put those on as the trailers because they, they look good. You know, they look mm-hmm. real similar to the Razor Shads. The yeah. Z-Man razor chads, but they're a whole lot easier to put on. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I started using them too. Man, they got the, like a, they got a little bit more movement in the tail too than a really razor shad. Razor shad's like a tight movement. I don't, I don't really like it. And and man, I I like the razor shads, but they're not bad. They, they're just that elastic is so hard, especially on a chatterbait style. You know the, the way you rig it on chatterbait. It's so hard to like 
you know, you've got to judge it just right on where to come out at, or you know, you, you throw it's all wonky and you throw it all off, and you know, it's it's just so hard for me to do personally. Yeah, I, I agree. That elastic's crazy, but it catches several fish per. Bait. I, I I caught a bunch of them on the TRD today, just one of them. So yeah, they last forever. So, when it comes to river fishing, you know, I you know what I, I could use a uh, refresher course on this because I'm just now, even though we talked about that a year ago, and I've talked to several other people about river fishing, um, I'm just now like really getting into it. So I'm try I'm trying to remember everything. So, so talk a little bit about like target areas, like where you're trying to fish because i like i'm trying to cast right up in like the rapids or whatever you want to call it and mm-hmm. you know i've set up an anchor in the front of my kayak where i can drop it to kind of hold me in in that fast moving water and cast up into it and i've had a little bit of success with that but uh like what do you target anything in the slow and moving water or do you just look for that faster moving water? Yeah, actually, this is something like I've actually caught on to this year. So, like, we're gonna just just for summertime reference here, uh, you'll you'll find those fish in the shallow, fast moving water, like you said, uh, cross riffles where the riffle is completely across stream. Um, the other spot they'll be in on the river is anywhere there's rock on the bottom and the water's deep. So for instance, today on the river, I wasn't, I was getting small fish in the riffles today. So I knew the big ones weren't there. So I started throwing, uh, deeper water and I caught all my fish that filled out my limit, uh, eight, eight feet, eight to 11 feet. So anywhere it gets deep and there's rock on the bottom and and there's a little current that they'll be there in the summer too. That's like smallmouth. Yeah. Largemouth, I'm not a big river largemouth guy. I have no idea. <laughs> well, that, uh, I don't know, it just kind of, I, I, I think I'm yet to catch a smallmouth in water that's not, you know, you know may, maybe like a little current, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, like it's moving water, like pretty, moving pretty good mm-hmm. for me to catch a smallmouth. I haven't caught any, any slower moving water yet, but, you saying that I got a, I got an area that popped in my head that might be a good place. Yeah, that's sweet. And what were you throwing in the deeper water? Or is that, did you say Ned Reg? Yeah, I was throwing the TRD. Okay. I, I was throwing uh, <clears throat> throwing the spinner bait too, and I got some hits on that, but they were all tiny. But... Now, with the TRD, do you? Do you stick with the Z-Man, or do you go with any other Ned Rig soft plastics? Nah, just Z-Man. It just lasts longer. What about the what about the uh, jig head? Oh, uh, I don't like Z-Man's net, uh, Ned heads. That the the wire they just break too easy, or the wire hook. They're they're so thin they break so easy. So I've been using uh, Wicked Weights. Seems like their gauge wire is a little bit heavier, plus it's tungsten. Yeah. So why not? And I think 
who was it? I think it was somebody that you interviewed that I just recently listened to um, was talking about like the uh, like the little Ned Ned heads, you know, talking about how they need to be flat because if they're kind of rounded, you know, they tip over. And st- yeah, I forget but who that was. What that wasn't that last interview did like Braden. Oh yeah, what, it was. What, was yeah, it, it was him? him. Yeah, he he said his baits. Uh, the only time he has trouble with them rolling over is when he's using the rounded net heads i don't like i don't like using those for that reason yeah i you know i, I was thinking about you know i never really thought about it i guess before that but not, tonight when i was rigging up some go-to baits and stuff i thought about it and i was like all of my net heads are rounded <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I, I feel like that uh like that elastic and the z-man trds though i feel like they kind of make up for that somewhat because they they seem to like float like Mm -hmm. stand up on their own a lot better than a lot of other soft plastic neds you should go back and uh watch the youtube video of Braden's baits his new tapered uh um trd that he has man it has so much action and i want to try it it looks awesome Talking about uh, jigs, I had ordered <clears throat> lifted jigs makes an EWG net head. Yes. Yeah. And I ordered them, and I I remember getting them in the mail, and I've looked everywhere through all my fishing <laughs> stuff. I have no clue where they are. I, they're, like, gone. Dude, I that telling, happens to me all the time. Oh, I so keep mad. telling myself I'm going to buy some of those, but then I, I never do. It took forever to get here, and yeah. and I, I have no clue where I stuck them. I was, I was like, man, I'm going to the river tonight. I, I really want to use those, and I looked through everything, and I cannot find them. <laughs> those would be a lifesaver for me because I, I lost – I don't even know how many I lost today. There's a bunch of them. I lose a ton on the river too for the same reason, and I've tried uh, you know, putting the net on – or the, the TRD on there kind of crooked to try and make it weedless – yeah, that works somewhat, but uh, it's definitely not the same as if you actually had a, a EWG yeah. hook. Ryan it's... actually taught me that with his video, Texas rigging it. Yeah. I, I started yeah. doing it because of that. For yep. real? Yeah, it <laughs> well, works. I, I, I want to. I forget who it was, where I heard it, but somebody was talking about how. Maybe was it Jimmy? I mean, I, I don't remember. They they said they basically had somebody that would take uh they had a mold for like a swing head jig and they would just put a really small hook on it and use those to like kind of texas rig their uh their trds on and so i i keep i keep forgetting but i i got a buddy that's got one of those molds i don't know what the smallest size he has is so you know, if he's got some smaller sizes, uh, I thought about trying that and buying like some whatever one or two odd hooks or whatever it is that I would need. I, I was think thinking even cool. like a, a smaller Tokyo rig hook would do it because you can put whatever weight you want on there. Hmm. I need to get into doing stuff like that. <clears throat> well, like molding your own yeah, lures like, and stuff? My, like jig heads and stuff like that. I, I use them enough. It, might as well it it's cool um it is time consuming and the initial cost is kind of high because you know i've talked about it i i uh used to make my own football head jigs 
and I still got the stuff to do it. I just haven't done it in a long time. But uh, it it's pretty time consuming. Like I I think if I stay, I think I got to a point where if I stayed busy and didn't let my ADD get the best of me, like I can make like ten in an hour. Yeah, I remember you saying that on one of your episodes. Yeah, but uh. But, you know, it, it is cool when you actually catch a fish on a lure you made. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I bet, yeah. I bet it'd be sweet. Somebody got the police coming after him? I live down the street from a hospital. Oh. I'm, on a main, I'm on a main road. <laughs> so when you, uh, I, I've, I've often wondered, I've only caught like two Ned Rig fish in the river. And, <clears throat> but I hear tons of people doing it so i don't know if my technique is wrong or are you uh like casting up current and just letting it like bounce its way back to you or what's your cast and retrieve like sometimes um usually when i'm fishing like an eddy next to the fast uh moving water i'll cat i'll cast upstream on that uh seam right there and they'll bring it back to me but today i was pointing downstream and casting into brush piles that were in the uh right off the bank that was i'll let it drop down to the eight foot to the 11 foot range okay because the, the those logs and those brush piles they act as like a current break so smallmouth like to sit on those okay yeah that makes sense you know i actually saw an eddy this is my first time like actually noticing it uh last weekend when i was out on the river i was like that's what brad was talking about a while back <laughs> <laughs> where the water look uh, is going the opposite way of the well, main I, current i think it i think it was it yeah like it kind of like swirled Swirls. back around yeah yep. that that's because you got the main current coming and it's hitting a bank and it's pushing the water back upstream yeah that's what it's doing uh smallmouth like to stack up in those all year round almost and, and, and it was a decent depth right in there too so, yeah, like, it usually is because that current's like digging underneath, you, you know. And so you usually cast just on the edge of that, right on the edge where it's one direction going one direction and the other. Like that's where you cast, or where do you you cast up past it and pull it through that? I, I do all of it. Okay. Cast cast the cast over it, bring it back to you. I'll, I'll even cast in the slack area because sometimes they'll be right up against the bank too. Right. Especially if the water's high and muddy or something. You, you can you can catch them right off the bank and even at the tail end i mean you can back off the fast moving water and just cast in the slow stuff it just depends on what they want i just have to throw it more often i i tend not to because i don't have luck with it so uh i usually have one tied on but usually do not throw it because and then what will happen is i'll be like oh, i'll try it and then i'll get snagged right away and i'll be like ask ah, <laughs> this you need to try that Texas rig thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good idea. It works. If you can find them. <laughs> well, just on the yeah, regular just, hook. Yeah. Like yeah, you did. Just put it on crooked. So. Yeah, it, it still works. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I caught fish doing it like that. And I did, I didn't I did today. I near as much. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what was I about? Oh, you know, I've I've thought about it. You know, you do like your point to point floats. I haven't done that yet. You know, I'm just basically pedaling up river and floating back. So, you know, say you're coming down the river on a point to point float. You know, you got to get to the other side of this 
of these like rapids in order to cast into them to cast upstream like mm. you just float right down through there and then just start casting like i feel like that would like scare the fish or something whenever you go through there i actually uh did this last week because we had to uh we had to go through a little rock dam that had like a chute so instead of going through the chute i i uh kind of i i guess i portaged I, I pulled my kayak over the rocks and then put it in below it and then i anchored in and fished where i wanted to fish where the uh, quicker moving water was so i didn't scare the fish and it was funny because my buddy that was with me he was going to do the same thing he ended up pulling his kayak over the rocks and just as he got into his kayak there were some recreational kayaks that just went right through it and he's like uh, now i can't <laughs> even fish a spot they scared him away probably <laughs> it's interesting oh, hearing man. you guys talk about that because i'm so used to my the susquehanna where it's a mile wide so you oh, can pretty yeah. much go around darn near everything you know it it's and i i just can't picture something that small that it, it goes the it, way across because it, i'm so used to not even worrying about paddling from one shore to the other because it, it would take forever if you seen the river i was on last weekend you'd be like holy crap this ain't a river <laughs> it's like it's this like a, a foot str- like a creek <laughs> yeah it's like a, a foot deep and like 20 feet wide huh I, I mean, and part of, part of me thinks I'd like that because, you know, when you're looking at the Susquehanna, you're like, where the heck do I even start? You know, yeah. um, there's only so many places you can go if it's 20 foot wide, you know. That, I, I struggle with that, too, actually, now that you say that, because uh, actually the, the White River I was on in Indianapolis today, uh, the closer you get to the city, it gets wider and wider. I'm just sitting here looking at it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm not used to this. It's weird. Yeah, it's overwhelming for sure. But I'm I'm learning. Um, there's still like today I was I thought I was in an area where there should have been bass, but they weren't there. But last night I went out with my daughter for a little bit and I was slaying the tiny ones. I was like I, we were only out for like an hour and I had five or six tiny ones um, just throwing that inline spinner, but I couldn't find anything of size. And then today it was all catfish for whatever reason. So if I'm, if I'm correct, the Susquehanna is, it's like a quick shallow river that's wide and it has a lot of big boulders, right? Yep. Pretty much. There's parts that's, that are deeper and, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of ledges, a lot of, um, especially near me, uh, rocks sticking up. So you know, today I was fishing behind the rocks, in front of the rocks, because it's big current breaks and it makes mm-hmm. big eddies. But uh, I didn't have any luck. So that, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I would target those boulders and stuff. A lot of guys like to throw flukes. I don't know if you've tried that. I have not tried it on the river. Well, that's a lie. I, when I first started out, I tried it, but I didn't really know at all what I was doing. So uh, I definitely, I've heard that, and I, I need to keep trying. I need to try that too. So yeah, try try like a weightless fluke and throw it around those big boulders and let it let it like the slack water behind the boulder let it just sink. Usually, I hear guys talking about it all the time. They get hits right there. And if you need advice on fishing a fluke, another one of my early episodes of Bass Fishing for News was Alan Reed talking about fishing flukes. Yeah. So you can go back and listen to that. <laughs> I hung out with him after the tournament today, and he was I saw talking that. about flukes. I saw really? you post that. Yeah. yeah. That's where, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's where I heard 
he he was throwing the fluke today, and that's what he was doing. That's why it popped into my head. How'd he finish? Uh, he only had two keepers, I think. It was a tough day, man. One of the uh, one of the guys in the noob torn or in the noob forum uh, had posted that he throws anywhere he would throw a wacky rig, he'll throw a weightless senko too or a weightless uh, fluke. And uh, so I, I threw I started throwing it on the lake and actually have caught a few on the lake using that the same place I'd throw a wacky mm-hmm. uh, wacky rig senko and uh, I just for whatever reason haven't tried it on the river yet. But that's a good idea. I'll have to try that. I'm gonna have that's... to try it too. I still haven't tried a fluke. I, I've put them on chatterbaits as trailers, yeah. but I haven't, I haven't actually tried like just a weightless fluke. I don't know what it is. I just can't get myself to use it, which I can't really get myself to use anything other than the <laughs> wicked willow on a swim bait right now. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's ridiculous how hung up I get on lures. Last year is the whopper plopper. I couldn't put it down regardless of conditions. This year, it's this wicked willow with with a swim bait and i can't put it down regardless of conditions but you know it's been a lot more effective than the whopper plopper was so yeah i wonder what's i'm the same way like today or lately i've been wanting to throw nothing but the spinner bait and it's been a couple years since i've used one of those i've just picked it up i'm like i want to catch fish on this i don't know why (laughs) you know a couple months ago when i was off work i ordered you know, some, some spinner baits and some trailer hooks and like ordered like nicer spinner baits, you know, not like, you know, one, two, three dollar. Like I ordered like the six, seven, eight dollar spinner baits. And, uh, I was like, I'm going to learn this technique. I'm going to get it down. And then I started catching fish on that wicked willow before they actually came in. And now they're just in a box. Yeah. Do you uh, well, use a, a trailer on your sp- spinner baits, or do you just throw it straight? No just trailer? straight. No, no trailer hook either. I don't yeah. like the trailer hook. But the spinner bait I've been using is a finesse one, so it's smaller than a typical. But you you should start throwing that spinner bait. I, I've started throwing it anywhere where I see like laydowns in the river or something, uh, log jams, anything. Throw that spinner bait in there, let it sink, and then crank it slow you're gonna get hit i guarantee it i had my spinnerbait box on the truck today but i never when i got to the river i was like ah, i don't have room for that and i left it in the back of the truck so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like a it, it stays tied on my rod now i i just i, I enjoy the spinnerbait i grew up throwing throwing it all the time so it's kind of like a good memory i guess did y'all see my picture in the group chat earlier but underspin. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The... <laughs> it's like that huge swim bait on a. Man, I, you know, I've heard people talk about like, like, oh yeah, on you know my event tomorrow's on Percy Priest, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's that thing's massive. That's a uh, three quarter ounce. Weight. I was just gonna ask you. It looks like a lot of. Weight. <laughs> <laughs> well, see. I've heard people talk about like how good like the deep fishing is on Percy Priest, like targeting like really deep areas with big swim baits. And you know, usually if I fish it, if I fish where I prefer to fish it, I'm on the southern end, and it's a lot more shallow down there. Like the deep areas are like maybe thirty foot in the channels. 
But you go up to the north end, I think it gets to like 50 or more. And so that's like where it's really deep. So And that's where I got to fish tomorrow for that event. So I'm like, I'm going to rig this up and take it with me. And if I'm not having any luck, I'm going to find me a deep spot and uh, just start working it. You know, I, I don't even have like a setup to throw it on. So I'm just going to put it, you know, my jig rod's a heavy rod. And uh, so I'm just going to throw it on my jig rod and see what happens. Why not? Is that lake a uh, smallmouth lake? Uh, There's smallmouth on it, but uh, I've never caught one on the lake. You should should target the uh, rocky points with like drop shot or that swim bait or something. Or a Ned but, rig. Yeah, I've uh, I've got some Ned rigs set up. Um, I don't have my rods in here. I already put them in the truck. Um, right now, I've taken four rods like normal. I've got a wacky rig, and why I chose to put a have a wacky rig tied on first thing, I don't know, because I've never caught a fish on a wacky rig. I was just watching uh, how-to videos on a wacky rig on YouTube earlier, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. But, uh, yeah, Wacky Rig, uh, Kitek with a Wicked Willow, uh, Flippin' Jig, and Whopper Flopper. Mm. That's... My... Oh, you can go ahead. I was going to say, I, I was uh, looking on Facebook uh, today, or yesterday, and um, for our local lake, one of the guys actually had a... He was th- throwing a camera with a temperature sensor around um, just to see what he could see. And I was amazed because, uh, like, the deepest part of Lake Redmond where I fish the most uh, is, like, 37 feet deep. The temperature at 37 feet deep was 55 degrees. And the, really? At the top, where when it's shallow, it was, like, 87. So wow. not, that, that blew my mind that the temperature was that big difference. And I'm like, no wonder nope. the fish are deep. Yeah. I, I've always wondered that. I always thought about tying a thermometer onto my rod and casting down there, just to see how the temperature difference is. That's cool. It was a cool little camera that he had, and he there were bass down there at 37 feet. Uh, he found a, a rock pile that deep, and they were sitting there right on it. So I'm like, that's crazy. I just I when he said 55 degrees, I was like, that can't be right. But he's like, no, it's right here in the video. Look, and sure enough. Huh. And see that. That's kind of what's going to hurt me trying to fish deep is I don't have like a very good fish finder to find like little rock piles or whatever under there. So I'm pretty much going to have to be like guessing it. You know, I got the sonar, but I still ain't real good at reading that. Plus it's only a four inch. So you're getting like 30 to 50 foot of water. You know, it's not going to read very clear anyways. So Yeah. Uh well, if you're if you're doing it without a fish finder, I look at the the bank, and if you're fishing points and you see this bank coming down and you see rocks uh, before it goes into the water, you you know you're going to be on a rocky bottom. That's how I I do it without a fish finder. That's interesting because there is a point that I plan on fishing that uh, has got you know rocks coming way way out, so. I might tie that thing on and run it down through there, see what happens. Yeah, and uh, here uh, another thing I've learned this year, because I've been trying to teach myself how to fish deeper, 
trying to get uh, to get your bait down to 20 feet deep doesn't take as long as you think it does. And it, that's been like a big mental thing with me for a long time. And this year I'm starting to get the hang of it. And t- 10 to 15 uh, feet of water is is no longer like an obstacle for, for me, I guess. Like I'm starting to get comfortable with it. So, so like, how do you, that is an interesting subject because, you know, I feel like a lot of that's going to depend on the weight of the lure you're throwing. Like, you know, that big swim bait with the three quarter ounce, you know, uh, underspin that, uh, we were just talking about, I don't feel like that's going to take very long to sink. No, it'll get to the bottom real fast, like five seconds, probably. Yeah, but then these like bigger things or smaller things that are a lot lighter i feel like those are you know i've heard a lot of people talk about one second per foot uh on a lot of lures so i don't know i i throw a fifth ounce uh on my trd and it seems like it gets down to the uh like today uh, 11 feet it probably took like three seconds i think Hmm. didn't take long at all um Drop shot weights, you know, like the torpedoes, looking at the torpedo looking ones. Those things, you, you throw those in there, they sink fast. Uh, I'm surprised how fast. So I, I think it, the shape has something to do with it, too. That's just observations, though. I'm not. Yeah, that, I mean, that does make sense because, you know, you think about when you were a kid swimming in the swimming pool and you jump in, you like do the board plank or whatever we or the pencil that's what it was called yeah. you, like get real straight like you yeah. went deeper than you know if you like spread out yeah that's cool so i i definitely need to work on my drop shot anymore i i have no feel for that like i feel like as soon as it's down there i i just don't know at all what it's doing like I just don't have a good feel for it at all. And I've tr- tried it a couple times on the lake this year, especially because people I've, I'm having trouble right now with my wacky rig, which is my go-to. So they're just not shallow right now. And um, mm. so, but I feel like I, I go to deep, I see fish on my fish finder. I try and set the hook at about the level that I see them. If they're suspended, you know, if they're five feet off, I put a five foot leader on or, you know, and it, I just, I, I, I don't know what it's doing. So. so sometimes you just have to let it set there and then uh, shake your rod. Don't don't like lift it or anything. Just shake the tip. Okay. And it, it that that worm like if you do it in shallow water and you see the worm working when you shake your, it, it goes nuts. It's like it doesn't feel like it's doing that, but it does. It's it's pretty cool. And I'm do not, you I'm just not a, dead stick it like for the mo- I mean you're not dragging it towards you. You're just chuck I, it and then I've, dra- I've dragged it towards me before that's what i that's what i've been doing and but i have had no luck so i think uh somebody told me that jacob wheeler or maybe that's who it is so one of those guys they drag their drop shot in shallow water and i've done it before and i've caught fish like out of on standing on a bank fishing a pond that was like five feet deep okay I see that that's another thing that I hear that is good in the river, but I, I'm like, I can't even make it work in the lake, let alone in moving water. So, uh, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't throw a drop shot in the river. I don't think I would need to. Yeah. Just, just because there's not very many deep spots anyway. Right. 
don't know. So, you know, you've been fishing lakes quite a bit in this past year, you know, for mainly for like tournaments and stuff like that. So, uh, what, what's been your biggest struggle with learning the lakes? Uh, probably the depth thing. Like I mentioned earlier, just trying to get over that mental aspect of 30 feet being super deep. I, I work construction, so I mess with a tape measure all the time. I'll I'll run out 30 feet and look at it. I'm like, that's not that far. But then yeah. when you're on the water, it feels like eternity. Yeah. It, it's that's just a mental thing, and it's just something that I'm trying to work on. But I'll get there, I guess. I've been throwing that uh, the spy bait whenever I have to try and get something down because I know that when I count it down, I know where it is. You know. It's not a question. I know it sinks at a foot a second. So if I chuck it and count it down, then I know I'm at the depth I want to be. Um, but so far, I've been murdering perch on them, but I've only <laughs> caught like one or two bass with it. So <laughs> I need to try one of those. I've never tried one. I, I, I plan on ordering one or two the next time that I put in like a tackle warehouse order. I just hadn't put one in uh, in a while, so I hadn't tried one yet, but... Yeah, I that, like it because it's supposedly idiot proof. I mean, it's pretty much he's the the guy we talked to about it. He's like, yeah, it's just a straight chuck and wind, and you count it down, throw it past where you want it to go or uh, where you're shooting for, let it count down, and then reel it slow, reel it back as slow as you can stand to do it. So that was a good episode. Yeah, it's that just, guy was cool. Yeah, it's just a lot. Every time you hear somebody talk about the spy bait, you, you hear them talk about grass and clear water, and it's just like, in Ohio, we got grass, but our water is so dirty, it's disgusting. Yeah. And, so, and see, I don't have grass, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, well I, Redmond, where I fish, it doesn't have grass either, and it works on the white perch anyway, so. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things that gets me, you know, Doing the podcast and you know talking to a bunch of different people, almost everybody you talk to about a technique is like, yeah, throw this in the grass or near the grass. And I'm like, I don't have grass to throw it in or near or anything like yeah. that. You know, you know, Percy Priest is like all rocks. That I've recently found a couple spots that have some pond weed, mm. but other than that, you know, it's it's rock. They I don't even have a whole lot of. It don't even have a whole lot of like visible wood structure. There might be some submerged, like mm. fully submerged that I can't see. But if there is, I don't know where it's at. Yeah, I, I love fishing rock though, man. It's awesome. I, I like fishing grass though too. Like there, the saying goes, "Find the grass, find the bass." I would, that? I would love to like go down to Gunnersville or one of those big grass lakes and. Yeah. You know, as as many techniques as I've heard people talk about that involve throwing it in grass, I'd, I'd love to actually be able to put that to work. You know, I had me a frog and a chatterbait and a cinco and all that tied on, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of grass, uh, my buddy actually showed me a new presentation recently. He gave me a little crawl imitation and uh, told me to weed it, uh, rig it up weedless. And throw it in like the uh, patches of openings in grass. I'd sit there and throw it on the edges right there and 
they would nail it. Set Just weightless? Yeah. Hmm. And it was cool because that you that crawl would like slowly sink. I mean, slowly. And you twi- twitch at one time and it would like do some crazy movement and then slowly sink again. It was pretty cool. We need to go back to Dill Hollow. I know. <laughs> oh, I love that lake, dude. Uh, I might I might go down there again September. We'll see. Let me know. <laughs> All right. I was talking to Justin about it, so that'd be sweet. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as far as, like, your breakthroughs with fishing lakes and stuff like that, like, has it been, you know, since you, like, kind of conquered your fear of that deeper water, or are you fi- having most of your success in the shallower water? Mm-hmm trying to think our yeah our our last lake tournament i was fishing deeper it was probably around 11 feet deep 11 12 so i I was i was throwing shallow but pulling it deep and fishing uh lay downs and stuff and uh yeah that same day i was like it makes no sense I, i can't catch a fish on a football jig but I throw a chatterbait down there and I drag it like a football jig. I can catch a fish. <laughs> I don't get it. If whatever works, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's how I was. I was catching a, a few fish like that at the last tournament. I don't know what the deal is, but see, I don't even use a football jig anymore. That's what like that's what my mold is, where I make my own, and that's just when I first got into bass fishing and you know first got told I need to get a jig. You know, that's what people had me get. And so whenever I got into making my own, that's what I bought. And, you know, I never really knew the difference in why I needed this jig or this jig or this jig for different applications. And uh, so I was just throwing that football jig everywhere. And, you know, come to find out, you know, after learning a little more, my style of fishing was just mostly if i'm throwing a jig i'm mostly throwing it into like wood structure and stuff like that you know that's more of like a flipping jig Mm -hmm. so that's pretty much all i throw now jig master flipping jig promo code bnf20 (laughs) (laughs) i need to i need to try those i i I feel like i could grasp the concept of a flipping jig i just can't do football jigs because if you think about it, like when I'm throwing a Texas rig worm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm throwing it in the cover in the same spots, working it the same way. So if I can get hit on that, I can get hit on a flipping jig, I'd imagine. That sounds like it, yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is stupid stuff that goes through my head like this. <laughs> see, I'm kind of to the point where it's like, Okay, if Okay, so you said that, you know, working a chatterbait like a football head jig, then you were successful with it. Mm-hmm. So to me it's kind of like, okay, you have no need to even work on a football head jig cuz you already have something that will cover yeah. that application. And so that's kind of where I'm at like Get something that can cover all water columns and in a slow and a fast pace and 
you know, you're good. You don't have to learn every technique there is out there for bass fishing as long as you have something similar to cover that. And I, I like what Josh off of Darkwater said. He he, he has his five techniques. I try not to, but I keep getting sucked in. <laughs> no, he. I like what he says though. Uh, he he picks his five best techniques, and he just sticks to those. Why why do you need to learn all these new techniques that you're never going to use? But and it, it to me it just kind of confuses you. Yeah, it does. And. and like going through all my stuff tonight to set up for tomorrow, it's like I was, I was going, I've got a bag, you know, I probably don't take as many soft plastics as most people do, but I still feel like I have a lot. Like I probably got anywhere from 30 to 40 bags of soft plastics in a bag. And, you know, I'm going through them all and I'm like, okay, this is maybe for tomorrow. This is maybe for tomorrow, maybe for tomorrow. And by the end of it, I had like, I don't know, like 10 or 15 different bags of different things set over to the side to go through to set stuff up. I'm like, why do I really need all of those options where like, okay, there's a Ned rig and a shaky head and I don't even remember what else it was, but like they're they're kind of cover the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like if you can if you can catch a fish off one of those in the area, you're more than likely gonna catch fish off the other. Yeah, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but like that's just the way I feel about it. I feel the same way. Like I said about flipping jigs in a Texas rig worm, I throw them in the same spots. But and see, that's something I can't get myself to even throw. Texas rig worm. Oh man, that's one of my favorite things. I well, just only because I love setting the hook. It's so we, much fun. <laughs> we talked about it whenever we had Jimmy on, and he kind of put me in my place with it. But you know, to to me, it's like it. That's like the basic technique that everybody learns. Like it's like yeah. everybody's first technique for the most part. And so. I've never even caught a fish off a Texas rig. I don't think. Actually, I have. I did it. Del Hollow. Yeah. Pulling it through the grass. Yeah, because we were like, put one on, dude. Just do it. Yeah. And then, and, the, and then I did, and I didn't know I needed a bobber stopper. And then, so later, I tried it again with the bobber stopper, and I caught a fish. It was actually a decent fish. It was like a 16-inch. Yeah, I remember like that. that. To peg your weight, I guess you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, to okay. pull it through that grass. Gotcha. That's the only way I fish grass with them. If I'm fishing wood with them, I won't really peg it. It does because it don't matter at that point. You you mentioned that uh, you have a setup for each part of the water column, and I thought that was interesting. Uh, I do the same thing, kind of. Uh, so I'll have a chatterbait, a Texas rig worm, uh, Ned rig rod. Um, I don't know if I have top water rod or not. Uh, swim bait rod and well, I broke my other rod, but I, it, that was my drop shot. Well, no, that was my Ned rig rod. I broke my, uh, Ned rig rod today, but I have a drop shot rod too. I saw um, you broke that rod. <laughs> how'd, how'd you break it? So, you know, you know, when you get snagged and you do the little bow and arrow thing to yeah. get it unsnagged. I went like that, and it just went, 
Seriously? Yeah. It had to have prior damage to it, it probably did. It's that's like four years of me doing that to it. Uh, Sounds like all those fish you've been catching them wore it out. <laughs> it's it's whatever. I'll just go and get another Fenwick HMG or something. Cheap one. No, I'll get a Douglas rod. Brian, give me a Douglas rod. <laughs> I'll take one too while we're at it. <laughs> uh if if I wouldn't uh brand loyalist when it comes to rods for the most part then i'd take one too but (laughs) i'm not brand loyal i'll I'll use anything i don't care i don't know it's kind of weird to me like right now you know i carry four rods right now three of them are duck where where i've kind of oh yeah started trying to upgrade three of them are duck it now and one of them is like a 13 fishing and i'm like I need to get rid of that rod and change it because it don't match the rest of them. (laughs) (laughs) Which 13 fit in? I don't, it was like a $60 combo at Academy. So I don't like their, I have the fate black and I don't really like it. I take it back. It's a good chatterbait rod, but that's it. it, It's a spinning rod, a little spinning combo. And it, you know, it serves its purpose. You know, it's it's decent. You know, real smooth and everything. But I don't know. I just, I'm not a big spinning rod kind of guy. You know, I, I'm terrible. Got terrible accuracy casting. And yeah. plus being in a kayak, I don't know if I'm just kind of lazy with my arm, the way I hold it. But it, I always like, kind of hold it down and like I'm hitting myself. Well, you can't really see what I'm, my motion, but like I'm hitting my leg and my stomach or whatever as I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to turn. It, it it don't feel good. Yeah, the uh, only time I use spinning is when I'm using the net and rig or drop shot. Everything else is bait caster for me. So I'm kind of the opposite. I I'm much more comfortable with a, a spinning rod, but I think it's only because that's what I've thrown for so long. It just I've only been throwing a baitcaster for like a year and a half now, so yeah. <clears throat> I feel like I'm way more accurate with a spinning rod. See, I cannot, yeah. I, I can, I'm not like amazing like some people with a baitcaster, but like if I can look at an area that I want to cast in and get at least within a deep, like the vicinity of it, but with a spinning rod, I'm like, okay, I'm going to cast right there and I'm like, 10 feet away by the end of the cast. Like, yeah. well, that, that area is not that bad either. So we'll just... <laughs> it's harder when you got lighter weights too, or a yeah. longer rod. Like it's... when I, when I first got my seven foot two rod, like I could not cast accurate at all. See, I just bump. Whenever I got that 13 fishing, I, that's a seven foot rod. And I think the one I had before that was like a six, six or maybe a little bit bigger than that. It, and so I got longer and I figured, you know, that would help. But like, I feel like I don't cast very far and I, yeah. I'm terrible accuracy. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know if it's the rod. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's the line or what, but <laughs> so I like fishing with that. Yeah. Before I started using bait casters, I was one of those guys that got, the same rod, the same length. So I, I all, all four of my rods would be six, six mediums. And I, <laughs> I would throw like chatter baits on them and Texas rig. <laughs> I didn't hey, know what I was doing. I didn't. Yeah. Dude, That's how I, I think everybody starts. Yeah. I, I remember having like a little cheap spinning combo. Uh, 
I don't even know how long, probably like six six or something like that. But it's like a little cheap combo, like a twenty dollar combo, uh, with uh, with you know that trialing big game mono, yeah, on it uh, throwing like a Zara spook, like the big one. <laughs> hey, yeah. I, 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 that thing right there would soar on that spinning right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I cast pretty far with it, even though I didn't know where I was supposed to be casting that with it, but. Man, I, I I remember us casting up to the bank one time, and uh, I done had the the knot snap on me one time with with it earlier in the day, it, but you know Zara Spooks float, so I was able to go over and get it. Well, I I was casting to this bank, and I'm a decent ways away from it, and I rear back and I cast, and the knot broke again, and this <laughs> thing went soaring through the air and landed in a tree like 25 feet up in the air. <laughs> how, how mad would you have been if you threw that spook? It landed on the water after it broke the knot, and a fish came up and ate it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, why, God, why? <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh, uh, man. I, I've, I've thought about that, like, if I break off or something. Like, I wonder if a fish ended up eating that. Uh, my my fifth catfish today took my uh, inline spinner and my leader, so he probably has a good 15-foot of leader hanging out of him wherever he is now. So. Your fifth catfish for today? Yeah. <laughs> That's no, crazy. I, it was crazy. I have no clue what, it, you know... I, I I was just throwing an inline spinner and like I said after like the fourth huge one on the the first one it bent it and it wasn't even spinning right so I tied on another one and probably my second cast another one nailed it and broke the knot at the or my uh, leader off at the knot hmm. so I think those catfish are biting like crazy because it's they're they're either about to spawn or something or they already spawn and they're like hungry again because it's at it's same time every year it seems like they they always fire up right now well you know all everybody seems to be catching uh, catfish on bass lures right now it's kind of making me think like i need to go catfishing if they're that aggressive right now and, you know oh, I, I, I love eating catfish you know catch a bunch and take them clean them up and stuff but but it'd be my luck i'd go target catfish and not get any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they no. they definitely fight. They're fighting great today. It it was fun, but uh, I was just like, oh man, not another catfish. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Oates would be like, what? A catfish? <laughs> he'd be, I think he's know, been on some good ones here lately too. Yeah. Like he, he's been. I think I saw the other day he had like some like huge catfish that he's been yeah. catching. And I was like, you too, Ryan. I was like, man, this is a huge bass. And then, you know, because they don't come up and jump usually. Yep. So I'm like, ah, oh, now he's staying down. It's probably another catfish. Yep. But then when when I was getting them up near the top of the water, they were like flicking their tails like crazy, splashing everywhere. I was like, huh. They usually do that death roll too. They just keep rolling. I hate that because you try <laughs> to net them and then they just roll. Yep. <laughs> nope, not today. Got a long hair hanging off of me. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, cool man. Yes, uh, we're right at an hour now. We're getting good at timing that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we've got nothing else to say. It's right in an hour. 
Well, I don't know. I felt like I've grown a little bit this year, but I don't know. I feel like I've grown quite a bit and until like I'm not having luck out while I'm out fishing <laughs> and I'm like I still know nothing about fishing. You know? <laughs> you've you've already caught way more fish this year than you ever have though. Oh dude. I'm okay, last year I remember talking about it. I caught more than twice okay, my first five years of bass fishing, this is like year seven. My first five years all the all the bass I caught in those five years combined, uh, I caught more than double that last year, hmm. and I haven't tallied it all up yet to this point. But as of like a, two or three months ago, I'd already beat that number, so I wouldn't be surprised if I end up doubling last year this year. Yeah. Because you know we get when we get in the fall, dude. Fall I, I last last year fall was pretty good to me. This yeah. year I feel like fall is going to be great to me. Hopefully, it Knock should be. Wood. Fall was good for me last year too. Maybe fall will give me a new PB again. <laughs> and yes. dude, that was that was so crazy last year. Okay, we went on the Del Hollow trip. Oh yeah, I caught like two fish the entire time we were up at Del Hollow. You know, we were up there. Well, y'all were up there a day ahead of me. I got up there kind of like ten o'clock in the morning on Friday. Yeah, we fished Friday, fished Saturday, and then Sunday we just got up and left. And on the way home, I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, drove all the way up here. And only caught two fish. They're wearing fish out, but I could only catch two. And I was like, I'm just gonna stop somewhere and like just see if I can get a couple. So I end up stopping at this spot that I'd thought about fishing before, and you know I'm throwing a jig and everything, and you know I see a bunch of splashing up by the bank. I don't know. I guess this bass was just tearing up something up there, like some bait fish or something. I threw the jig in there, got the bite, went to set the hook, missed, reeled in, cast back in there, got the bite, uh, set the hook, got got him. He was like a he was like an eighteen incher there. Uh, he was feisty, and uh, then you know I was working my way up a little bit more, and there there was some wood structure that was in like 10, 15 foot of water. Man, I I done cast probably four or five times in like to this structure with nothing and this last time i cast out and i was like this is my last cast and then i'm leaving been out there like two hours man I, I was bringing that jig back and hadn't got anything so i went to start reeling to to bring it in and as soon as i started reeling bam and man it's it i'm sitting here reeling as fast as i can uh with this fish on there but my spool is just still it ain't it ain't moving yeah <laughs> it, man i got that thing in there that 21 inch large mouth uh, that's tied my personal best man uh, but but that it was crazy i drove two and a half hours to dale hollow to meet you guys which it was cool like i got to meet all y'all and hang out and all that good stuff argue with josh 
we had to bring up the cheese the thing, man. <laughs> it's it's still uh, funny. It, it is. It, oh man, if we ever have, an, well, I'm sure we will. But whenever we have another meetup, dude, I'm bringing so much cheese. <laughs> you know what you can do is uh, go into Josh's room and just slap pieces of cheese on his face <laughs> while he's sleeping. Cheese yeah. on his face. <laughs> uh, that should just be a thing the whole weekend you just you know those videos where they just throw a piece of cheese and it sticks on their face yeah yeah <laughs> hey, we're gonna be fishing like hey josh what <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome oh man but yeah it was, it was just crazy that uh like i drove all the way up there to you know fish and caught two fish that we're like 16 inch range and then on the way back home i caught that like 40 minutes away from the house i caught a my pb and just a place you just happened to stop like i it, it was a place that i thought about fishing before i just never went out there <sighs> stones river you said yeah there's there's a lot of rivers I want to go out there and fish. See, Stones River is completely different than what you're used to. Yeah, and it's like a I, deep slow. Yeah, and I think there are parts of it like if you get on up in it where it's like smaller and you know faster and got like some riprap and stuff like that. But the areas where like the boat ramps are, it's just it's like. 20 feet deep in the yeah. deeper parts and it's it's a decent width and uh you know it's just all slow and stuff so but that's why I like when i first talked to you about river fishing you know it was hard to put any of that together because this river is completely different than yeah i thought about that after that it's like yeah i gave him the wrong advice that's probably like a largemouth river yeah, I mean, I caught that 21-inch largemouth in there. Like, yeah. well, I think it, my previous PB smallmouth came out of there. Uh, caught that in November. Um, but, you know, I was fishing deeper. I, I was Ned Rig right up against a rock wall in like 20 foot of water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just beat that a couple weeks ago out on Duck River. By half an inch so jeez yeah, it was like 17 and a quarter and then i just beat it with 17 and three quarter oh yeah that's not, that's, that's a good small mouth man oh, well, i'm trying to get to those small mouth like what you catch you know i don't can i don't catch them consistently enough though that's the thing i don't know hey back in i think it was like may you were wearing them out like you yeah. were I, I have a spot I have that spot dialed in. That's why. <laughs> That's like a pre-spawn spot. Yeah, you, you're gonna make me make a trip up to Ohio. You do that ever again? <laughs> Mar- March, April, and May, best yeah. times for that spot. Cool, man. I appreciate you coming back on here to celebrate our one year on paddle and fin. Yep. It's been a fun ride, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. The show's grown a lot since even with Sean on it. It's uh, it's pretty good. I like it. Well, I appreciate it. 
Yeah, I mean, just just where Paddle and Finn has gone since you know oh, a year ago, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, you think about it. Like a year ago, we had like I don't think we had any real sponsors yet. Uh uh-uh, oh, I don't think so. And then we ended up getting Jig Masters, and then you know Catch and all those other ones and you know it's just slowly growing like that that's it's cool to see how much grown in a year and how much we've grown in a year like not just podcast but us as individuals how much we've grown as fishermen how much we've grown as podcasters because you know all of us are like kind of I don't know, in a way, kind of like pro podcasters now. You know, we get on and we do this, and it's kind of natural to us now. And where we were like all nervous, and uh, 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 like you you saw the message I sent the group, uh, Smalley Talk podcast host Josh uh, Shrinko from uh, Indiana. Yeah, he said, Man, you you paddle and fin guys, you guys are professional. Like, (laughs) it's like, thanks, man, appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, he. He's wrong, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but no, like we, you know, it's cool to see like how the reactions we've gotten from people, and you know, it's you know, a year ago nobody in kayak bass fishing knew who I was, and not saying that I'm anybody now, but you know, people actually, you know, there's people out there that know my name because of the podcast. And everything, and as many people have reached out saying that they like how much they like the show and everything. Like, I don't know, it's a cool feeling, and I appreciate everybody that's you know stuck around and listened to us for this whole year or longer, however long you've been listening, and you know supported us. You know, it's it's been a fun ride. And yes, speaking of, I I, I spent the weekend uh, fishing with. Uh, Panel and Finn listeners, Josh Cravens and uh, Nick uh, Necrelli. I think that's how you pronounce it. Did you see his uh, bite FD? Yeah, it's cool. He likes it. It's a cool kayak. But yeah, shout out to Nick and Josh. So yeah, who knows where we'll be in a year? You know, if we got this far in a year, you know, gosh, anything's possible. So it'll be interesting to see where we go. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come back on next year. Ryan, uh, do you, would you have expected to be doing like the noobs tournament at this time last year? You know, would you have said, "Oh, maybe in a year we're going to be doing"? I didn't. I didn't think that this segment would have the following that it has uh, at the at the time. You know, I I figured I'd. I don't know. I, I didn't even know if I'd have a co-host at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't even know if I'd still be doing a podcast at this point. You know, you <laughs> yeah. you. I, I figured my ADD would have kicked in and I would have like, you know what? I'm not interested in doing this anymore, but, but you know, it's been cool. I, f- I feel like it's made me grow as a person as far as like organizing and getting tasks done and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I, d- I just, I just saw this segment being like a smaller segment compared to a lot of them. Are you taking a picture? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, selfie break. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> uh, well, cool, man. You know, yeah. One year, many more to go. 
Yep, first of many. Yep. So. All right, guys. Well, I'll get my outro right, you know, for the one year anniversary. You know, I can't screw that up. Right? <laughs> so. <clears throat> this has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fin Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Oh. Boom! Getting good at it. You say fishing? Did I? I appreciate it y'all see ya see you guys thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle the letter N and Fin.com don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin if you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest on a future episode feel free to email us at Paddle the letter N and Fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board shout out to jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com use promo code pnf20 and save 20 percent on all your jig and tackle needs